video. You know you need it. You know it's all but expected from Gen Z at this point. But you've got no time and little budget, and your Marcom department is two months late on those new program brochures they promised. So asking them to help with a video? Forget it. But what if video could be as simple as sending an email to a prospective student? Meet GoodKind, a video engagement platform designed to make each one of your prospects feel like they're getting the extra special treatment. As an enrollment manager, you're competing for attention. And in a sea full of static, boring HTML emails from other schools, a personal video is how you stand out and drive action. With GoodKind, you can bring your university, faculty, and students to life by designing an engaging, hyper-personalized, and video-first communications journey. Increase applications, increase yield, and decrease melt with the power of GoodKind. Visit wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify to book a demo and see just how powerful video marketing can be. Show your face, show you care, see the difference connection makes at wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify. If I'm giving a team direction and the team doesn't fully understand what it is I'm asking for, you know, they need to be asking me, how would you paint this clear for me? How do you give me the crystal clear instructions of exactly what it is I am expecting and the outcome of something I'm asking for so that when they deliver, that there's less confusion or less likelihood that I will not be exceedingly happy with, with the deliverable or the outcome of what they've produced. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Buzicruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. How are you doing, my friend? Zach, I'm hanging in there. Spring has arrived. Yeah, thank God. It's like 74 uh, degrees right now. Is it? Oh, it's not quite as warm here in Pennsylvania, but I will tell you, um, still wearing a sweater vest? I'm a sweater vest fiend. Are you? Uh, I could wear one every day of the week. I haven't I have enough of them for that. And I'm not a fashion person. I just love sweater vests for whatever reason. So living and working in academia has something to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's just something like professorial that's, you know, that just, I don't know. I feel that way about it, maybe. I don't, well, you look I great. Just love them. That with your, your hipster looking glasses. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Hipster. <laughs> Yeah, this is let's see this is being recorded folks what you don't know is that this is we played back to my family now they call me ralphie from a christmas story with these glasses oh um, that's hilarious um, oh that's good so, i don't know i i i love them. i i this 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 i think it fits my shape and my my i think they're great mickey i think they're great i so, think they're great so what yeah, are we so talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about meetings today meetings great. yes a specific type of meeting. I know you've you you brought it up to talk about it. I probably referenced this over the past how many episodes have we done now? This is our fifty first episode. Fifty first. So in the probably in the first twenty five or so, I'm sure I referenced meetings at some point. But we'll just spend an episode talking about this. What we're going to be talking about more specifically is uh, a certain type of meeting. You call it the stand up. I, I just used the name that was referenced in the book where I first was reading and studying about it. It's a book by Patrick Lencioni. People will know Mr. Lencioni because he is most famous for writing the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you've not read it, folks, it is a great book. 
He writes them in the form of a business fable. So it's like a short story that has learning to it. And then, of course, at the end of the book, it does go into about the model, whatever it is they're talking. And this one, The Meetings, is from a book called Death by Meeting, which, boy, I think a lot of us will resonate with the title in and of itself. It's also very much worth the read. I've probably read the book five times. I'll Gee, do you do you normally read books like like how many like what's your stand do you read like your favorite books multiple times I, I don't think I've oh, ever read yeah. a book twice I've never read a book twice ever really no oh so I know what's gonna happen let's digress for a moment which is not what you would ever do in a stand-up meeting folks just tell you that now you don't have time for a di- <laughs> uh, well, a little insight that does not mean does not have enough time to digress like this however let's talk about books there and I just was saying this with a client yesterday there are a couple of books I will reread almost every year. Okay. At least every 16 months, I will read it. Two books that have, I would say, from a book perspective, have had profound impact on me and, and my life and work. The first one, I'll just say, not in order of preference, but just in order of which I read them. I probably read the book in 2003 or no, that's right, probably 2004 or 2005, right in that time frame. Jim Collins, Good to Great. Okay. I've read that one once. Okay. And so, and I think I've been around long enough and the book's been around long enough so we can call it a classic, which is depressing (laughs) in and of itself. Just from a a leadership, as a leader perspective of of how to run a unit organization. And I was working directly in higher ed, not for a consulting company that, and so I don't want you hearing good to great. It's It's a book about business, thinking that it's not applicable. And I will say it helped transform the vision and the approach I took in, in leading the, the unit I was leading at the time and has had a lot, that approach had a lot to do with our success that followed very much. How do you hone in to create the vision and the plan to execute on it? Lots of greatness. And I read that one almost every Christmas between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. And, and if I don't, the reason I don't is because I will substitute that for another gym called, it's called Beyond Entrepreneurship which was a textbook hmm. he wrote, I think, in the 90s. But the last couple of years, he came out with the version 2.0, a uh, new edition of it. And so I might substitute good to great for that. A lot of the concepts are carried over. So there's that one. And the second one is Brene Brown, because you've heard me talk about her before. And and that one, Rising Strong is the one I read the most, but I will substitute that one for Dare to Lead. I find Dare to Lead has a little bit more of an uses, uh, things I can pull from it that I can really more easily apply. One of which might resonate with, with as we talk about the meeting types, and it's this concept called, and this one's from Dare to Lead, but the concept is, you know, paint it clear for me. Hmm. And so if I'm giving a team direction and the team doesn't fully understand what it is I'm asking for, you know, they need to be asking me, how would you paint this clear for me? How do you give me the crystal clear instructions of exactly what it is I am expecting and the outcome of something I'm asking for so that when they deliver, that there's less confusion or less likelihood that I will not be um, exceedingly happy with, with the deliverable or the outcome of what they produced. And so, and that is, that's, that's in that, her book, Dare to Lead. And, and that one is really, I think, important. And, and, and so why don't we just take that and say, wait, 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 wait. Oh, one yeah, question ahead. before the segue. So yeah. when you, when you say like reread these books, like, yes. do you, like, are you, are you like a note taker, like a highlighter, like an annotator oh, yeah, in your yeah, books? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you, do you like get a new copy every year or are you, you're, you're using no, like the same no, no, copy? I will. Uh, yep. So he's grabbing a book right, from his bookshelf. Right. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. And you can see all the little places where I've marked it in here. And so I might take notes in the very back of the book. Sometimes I'll take them in the margin somewhere. I was just, in fact, I was just looking at this book yesterday. So I've got somewhere in here, a series of notes and I was looking and I will re- date my note. So I pull, I don't need to reference, but I will date my note of the year 
when I'm reading it so I can know what my thought process is, was that then year. and then as I'm thinking about Ooh. it differently. Because sometimes the note and the thought process changes. Sure, uh, sure. And sometimes, well, that's why I was wondering if you got like a new copy every year because then you could compare like, ooh, yes. what so were I the things like, I underlined year before yes. versus, the, yeah, okay. And so I do that and then I will, in, a, in addition to that, when I'm reading it, sometimes the thought I have in mind about it is how the clients could apply it versus how I can apply it running the business. So there's two different use cases for certain mm. things that I'll read. And so I need to identify in the book what it's for. Well, usually I can read the note and tell what it's for. But if I'm just doing a quick search, how would, a, how would I think about a client doing this? I'll have to, though I can easily find those notes about it. But boy, these are those are two just great books. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, hey, I've read Good to Great, but I have not read Beyond Entrepreneurship. Yes. So uh, I might have to add that to my list. Yellow cover. It's called BE 2.0. Huh. You see, I've got a bunch of tabs in there too. Turning your business into an enduring great company, which is, you know, he's got good to great and built to last. If yes, you were to combine built to last. them, yeah, okay. that was the concept really, I think, here. Well, Eight hey, books. Mickey, I, every every time we talk, I learn something new about you. So this is uh, this is great. All right. All right. Give us give us a segue. Give us a, yeah, give us so, a segue. So as we think about communication and we think about expectation and getting that clear. So, you know, a lot of this communication will happen electronically or in Zoom, electronically meaning or in Zoom, Slack, that kind of stuff. But then we also have these meetings and it might be a Zoom meeting today or it might be hopefully soon more face to face when we can. But the the daily you call it the stand-up. I call it the daily check-in. That's what Patrick Lencioni calls it in, in um, Death by Meeting. And this is really an intended to be a very short, get-the-day-started meeting. Check-in with your team. And so, and it's not necessarily required to have a daily check-in for every use case. You might be having a weekly check-in, which is fine. But the, the purpose of the daily one is a short Sweet and to the point. Some people call them standing meetings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a client who who has a standing meeting that's 30 minutes long. And I'm telling you, standing meetings are not 30 minutes. Think about that. How many people want to stand in a meeting for 30 minutes? The whole purpose of a standing stand-up, the daily stand-up, they call it. The whole purpose of a daily stand-up is to be standing while you meet. And the daily <laughs> check-in, the stand-up, those are short 15, 20 minutes, no more than 20. 10 to 15 really is, is where you want this meeting to be to get started and talk very specifically, very, very specifically. What is it we need to be doing today? Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking if today is today's Wednesday. We're not talking about Friday. If we're talking about Friday right now, we're talking in a sense of this is due Friday. This is what we need to be doing today so that we can do X tomorrow and have it ready for Friday. Yeah. yeah. And if it's beyond that, you can't, that, that's not focused on, you know, what is it we need to be doing today and accomplishing today to keep us on our mission and goal of what we need to accomplish this week, which is a part of what we need to accomplish this month. And so it's breaking down that. And so if I'm asking, if I have a, a deliverable I need to provide on Friday and I'm asking my team to do something today for me, you know, when we talk about painting it clear, what specifically do you expect me to have to you at the end of the day? If it, is it the full proposal, a full draft? Is it a component? If, if I'm giving a task up to the team that requires about four hours of their time and I'm doing it at the beginning of the day and they didn't have it on their calendar, the likelihood that they had four open hours for it is not great. If sure. it is, then I've got a capacity issue. I've got too much <laughs> capacity of time. And I don't know anybody that listen, that would be listening to this that would raise their hand and say, you know what? We've got that capacity. It just doesn't exist. So what that is intended for is to say, look, I've got that's great that we need to do this on Friday and I can help you, Mickey. I have an hour. 
So how do we figure out what I can give you at the end of the day today that I can give that hour of time to so that it is exactly what you need? And then I have to say, okay, well, here's what I need to have Friday. Here's what I need Thursday. Can you at least get this component done for me today so I can review that, add to it, and then tomorrow we'll work on X, Y, we'll work on X, y and Z. Yeah, um, yeah. Do that. And so that's, that's kind of that component. The other thing you might be doing in, your, in these daily check-ins, the stand-ups, whatever you want to term you want to call it, this 15-minute meeting, what outstanding issues from yesterday? occurred that need a decision that impact your day to day. How many people, and this is re- audio and I can't see people, and this is all well, recorded as well. How many people could raise their hand and say, yes, I've got an email out to one or two or three people that need to give me a response before I can act. Yep. And that may take a day or two or three or a week to get a response. This is where you don't say, hey, I sent you five emails you didn't reply to. This is, you know, yesterday I emailed you about this specifically that impacts my day to day. I need an answer on this. This is how you get those quick answers, quick discussion. And if for some reason you emailed an ask of me that I can't just give a quick answer, then we figure out how do we pause this, delay the deliverable, and what do we put in its place? Yeah, yeah. Those are the types of things you're trying to accomplish. It is very, very tactical. Yep. It's not strate- there, there, if there's anything strategic about it, it's, it's prioritizing and determining if you shift something off so that you can give it the adequate time it needs. But other than that, it is very, very tactical. And so if there's a service issue, if you're working with clients or if you're working with students, you know, I would use my daily check-ins to say, okay, these are the three student issues that we had come in, in the last two days that are highest priority that are unresolved. What do we need to do to resolve it? What can we get done today? And where does that leave us? And how do we communicate that to the student? Knock those out quickly rather than letting it hang, which only leads to more frustration by the student. Yeah. And and then I would take as a leader of that group, what I want to learn from all of those, what are the common things that are being asked of me? How do I move some of those to the point where they don't necessarily need to be asked? Or if it's a certain type of issue that comes up too routinely or like for students, a concern they have, a problem they have, how do I solve it so it's not a problem that ever has to come to a daily uh, standup? And so those are the other things as a leader I'm going to take from that because I can pull back and look at what the topics that we're talking about to help grow the team. The routine questions that they need help solving are, for me, areas where I can help the team train and learn so that they can own more of that responsibility and answer for themselves. And that's how I, as a leader, pull that information uh, from those meetings. So... How far? How long did I talk about that? That like was great. Minutes? Yeah, that was a that was a, a handful of minutes, but so much gold there, dude. Couple couple additional ideas and thoughts. So, Please. one of the things that I have, I, I've always struggled to do stand ups well, to to lead them well, because it's hard to, I think, as as the the strategists who you're working on so many things at once, it's hard to sort of distill concisely. What is it that you actually need from your team today or in the next week in order to bring about success? Like you, you as the leader of that meeting need to do work ahead of time before that meeting to make sure that you're asking the right questions, listening to folks. And at the end of the day, deciding like which way we're going to, you know, drive the car. And one of the things that I've recently started doing, which has been super helpful. So we, we don't, we don't, my team and I don't have daily standups. We do uh, a standup on Monday mornings and then Fridays at like 1130 AM. So not first thing Friday morning, but like, not like, you know, 2 PM Friday, 
1130 is like enough time where if you've got to shift priorities before the end of the day to get something done, you probably will be able to do so. But it's not early enough where it's like people are, no one wants a, you know, Friday morning meeting at 9am. So that cadence has proved to be helpful. But one of the things I've started doing is I I actually put together a, a three slide slide deck every week. And the first slide on that slide deck is just what are we trying to accomplish this month? Like it's literally the goals that we've, you know, they come from our strategic plan or come from, you know, our quarter quarterly plan, whatever it is. But I, I like to reiterate like the three or four things that we're focused on. Remember this month, these are our four goals. So I literally, it, and sometimes it's, this takes 20 seconds. My team might be annoyed by it, you know, by week three here, but I, I literally don't back off of it. I'm just gonna say, don't back off yeah, of it because that, I work through lead, someone has to know that and, and keep pushing and driving the team. Yeah. And keep that reminder. But I'm go ahead. And even, even though it's, yeah, even though it's like, yeah, annoying, it's like, Hey, you know, we are trying to great, you know, to use, you know, enroll as an example, we have a subscriber goal, right? So it's like, Hey, over the next month, these are the number of subscribers that we are trying to generate. And, you know, I go through each of the three or four our goals. Then what slide that slide one, Slide two is a review of, okay, this is what I am focused on this week. And it's literally a table that we have in the slide. And in theory, everyone is supposed to, before the standup, throw in like their priorities, like their, what they already know that they have to do that week. And then what we do on slide two is during the meeting, we discuss, okay, hey, you know, we, we can see everything that's on each other's plates for the week. What, if anything, is no longer a priority? Is, is somebody just totally overwhelmed and like somebody's got nothing to do, right? That never happens. But in the off chance that it does, how do you reallocate? And it, as the as the person leading the meeting, it gives me a sense of, oh, you know what? Hey, Shane or or Pat, like, or Tatiana, th- this thing that you have on your list, like it's, a, it's no longer a priority. Like the client, your partner got back to me. They said, hey, we, we need like four more weeks on this thing. Sometimes people send me emails saying, hey, we need to delay like a project. And I just, I don't have the time or I, I fail to tell my team that, hey, this thing has been that you thought had to be, you know, was due next week has actually been pushed three weeks from now, right? That, that they weren't on the email or that, you know, the, the partner responds and they forget to reply all, right? Stupid shit like that does happen. And this is the, this is the opportunity to be like, hey, this is no longer like urgent and important this week, right? That's the second slide. The third and final slide is just a big question where I say, who needs help? Right. And that's an opportunity for anyone quickly to be like, hey, you know what? To your earlier point, Mickey, Zach, you never responded to me about this. Or, hey, you know what? I am super, I'm drowning this week. These three projects that I have are just taking way more than I thought. This fourth thing, there's no way I'm going to get to is can anybody else take this on for me? Right. So, and this, this simple, simple slide deck has not like revolutionized how we work, but it's been incredibly helpful in focusing how we work. So a couple things on this. One of the reasons you struggle with that, with the, with the daily tactical is, is from, from using again, the Patrick Lencioni's model there uh, yeah. is what you've done is combine two different types of meetings. And that's why you're struggling a little bit. Yeah. And so the, the, the slide deck with the, with the goals isn't one necessarily that you would reference in a daily check-in like sure. his model. That would be what he would call the weekly tactical meeting. Mm. And that's slightly different. In a weekly tactical meeting, I'm going to go, everybody gets 30 seconds to 45 seconds around the room. This is what I have this week. And that sets really the agenda and the tone for the rest of the meeting to work out those details. 
The other thing is, as folks say, hey, I re- I'm slammed. I can't handle this. How do I? That's the daily check-in because mm-hmm. that's where that comes out to say, hey, because otherwise we don't know until 11 that morning or five in the, mo- in the afternoon that something someone had other priorities that come up that re- prevented them from getting done what they needed to get done that day. Yep. And at that point, it's too late to resolve or fix that. And so the daily check-in is, is intended to be somewhat early in the day so that you point that out and you have time to pivot and correct as necessary for the remainder of the day. And that's why it's like 15 minutes. The weekly tactical, again, that's where you can say, okay, we're going into this week. It's the second week of the month. This is where we ended up with our results last week. This is, again, a reminder of what we're trying to accomplish this month. We are behind or we are ahead. This is what we want to do this week to ensure that we stay ahead. What do we have on our agenda? Round, round robin real quick, 30, 45 seconds around the room. And yep. that's how you, that's the difference. Now, that, that's why like the daily chicken, everyone doesn't need a daily chicken. Your, your activities aren't that focused enough. You know, if you're planning out and you've got weeks and months to do a lot of your work and you've just got a little bit to do every day, if you miss a day, you can catch up. If what you're trying to do is has to be done today or tomorrow or this week has to be, then that's a little bit more important where you want to discuss that. So you might find you have a weekly tactical and one day, yeah. daily check-in that's really once a week that yeah, yeah, yeah. progress. Right. So I used to, when I, when I have a team working, if I'm doing like a enrollment project where I'm having to pick up and rebuild a team and they're, they're not the, it's not that they're bad employees or bad workers. They just aren't efficient. They aren't sharing a lot of this. So what we will typically do is say, okay, here's what we want to do this week. We had that meeting on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Monday of the week, this is what we're trying to accomplish this week. I have a follow-up usually Wednesday, midday or Thursday morning at the latest. So we can say, okay, here's what we need to get done this week around the room. Tell me your specific list of what's done, what's not done, what's in progress, what's in danger of being done. And then that way we can have a midweek progress checkup to say, yes, I'm there. No, I'm not there. And figure out how do we then pivot for the rest of the week. Yep. If I try to do that every day of the week, that that throws them way off. They're not accustomed to that typically. And so that's why I do two a week. So it's really a daily, I mean, a weekly tactical and then a midweek check-in that's very short so we can start identifying. And that also begins to change that team's understanding of expectations. Yeah. Because usually in that scenario, no one's definitely not, they rarely have done weekly tacticals and, and they definitely haven't done midweek. And it and and if they have, it's been like, well, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And it's sometimes it's not a big deal. But if you've got four non-big deal things that are being postponed, that becomes a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where we get all that on the table. And we start saying, hey, we got four small things that need to be postponed. We can't do that. Yeah. What do we need to prioritize so we can get these two done and then we can hold for the other two for next week? And by the way, when we do this next week, we're going to have six to get done next week, not four, and we can't postpone any of them. Yeah. And so that's, you know, you're that's where you're starting to give that expectation. And sometimes that routine conversation needs for the team so they can start building their momentum and the habits that they need to ensure that they're staying on task. Yeah. Two two questions for you, because I feel like this is where I, I see folks run into issues. And, you know, by folks, I may or may not be may or may not mean myself. Number one is so what happens some, sometimes when you do the little 30 to 45 seconds, a person quick little over you, this is why I got my plate. You hear people say things like, yeah, so I've got to, I've, I've got this report, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to get this done today. And yeah, you know, I, I've got this and I've got this other thing that I'm also going to try to get to get you know, people, people use try, they, they talk a little bit about like, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get to this today, you know, and then because it's only 30 to 45 seconds, 
like the facilitator of the meeting or the leader or whoever you know is is in charge of the team that doesn't really give you enough time to sort of like unpack okay wait if i try or you know like is there something in the way is there friction do you need more help is there con like when is the appropriate <laughs> time to seek further clarity so that it's not just like a everyone's telling each other what they you know are yeah. trying to get to today you know do, do, so, do you know well, what I'm getting and at? that around the room yeah so that's i use that in the weekly tactical and that, that's at the very beginning and that sets the agenda yeah for the rest of the meeting and so i'm going to notate that so there's there's two ways that that i would say i answer this first it depends on that person and how much relationship i built with that person in terms of my leadership and coaching and mentorship to that person, yep. because I may wait until after the meeting and I want to be sure that I'm, I'm pointing out the languaging. So, and, and when you're going over the, the, your agenda of what you're trying to get done today or this week, you use words like hope, try, I think, I believe a lot. And I, I, I appreciate that that's your goal and your intent. But what I see on the back end is anytime you use that word, the likelihood of you completing that action is pretty low. And yeah. so when I hear that as a leader, I don't have the same expectation that it's going to get done as you might for yourself. And what I want to be sure is that when you're th calling these things out, I want to be sure that you and your colleagues all have faith that when you're saying today, I'm doing this, yep. I yep. will get this done. Yep. And sometimes it they can buy in real quick and sometimes it takes a longer period of time. And then I need to start look, talking to them if, if it takes a long period of time to say, look, you said you want to do this. It didn't get done. Now I want you to just be sure you understand the impact of that because now two other people are behind and yep. now they've got to rush to get it done because you didn't get your piece done first. And then I want to come back and say, you know what? We didn't get the promotional materials out for this event in time because of this. Our attendance or our signups were down 15% compared to normal. Yeah. I, if we do this every event from here on out and have 15% fewer people, that's dramatic impact on our ability to enroll the number of students. So we can't do that. We need to be sure that we're not thinking we're going to get it done. We are getting it done. So I do that. And then the second thing is in the meeting, if I already have that rapport built, once they call that out and I've got the agenda, I'm going to circle back and say, okay, let's talk about the event you were talking about. You, you, were, you used the word hope. What's the likelihood that's not going to get done today? Because that's going to impact Tracy. And I want to be sure that Tracy has what she needs to do tomorrow. So what is it? What is it the likelihood is if, if your day goes from here on out to the end, that it, what's the likelihood it's going to get done? If that's not incredibly high, then what do we need to pivot on so that you can get it done today? What do we pull off the plate? Yeah. Yep. And then the third thing I would say in terms of back to the coaching and mentorship, because I've had this, I hear this all the time. I don't have the time. I yep. don't have the time. And so let's look at what your role and your job is. And let's look at how you're spending the time. And we've talked about this before, how I color code the calendar. This is why I color code the calendar, because if I don't have time, I need to understand how I'm spending my time to know, is this a real priority or is it not? And if it is, what is less priority, less of a priority in my calendar that needs to be pulled out? And I would do that with staff that would tell me that over and over. I don't have time. Well, let's look at how you're spending your time. Let's look at, you know, 30% is creating content. 30% is meeting with people, building out requirements and for meetings and plans. And I don't know, the balance is something else. And this week, I need you to focus on content. But realistically, you're only spending 6 or 10% of your time. We just said 30. What else do we pull out? What is over given time? What are you giving too much time to this week versus yeah. what you're not? And then you have those conversations. Say, look, you know, every week you need to be looking. Are you giving 30% to content creation? You're not. And that's why you're always behind in the content. Yeah. You're giving 20%. It's okay to give 20% one week. But you have to give that 10% back on top of the 30% at some point to catch up. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never catch up, even if you're 30% every other week. Well, and, so, and, that, and that sort of answers my, my second question, uh, which is just around like, and I think, sorry if I cut you off here, but no. when when you, I think what you're saying is like the stand-up or the weekly tactical, Yep. whether you do just the weekly tactical and like one check-in or you do a stand-up every day, what you have to do as the leader is identify what are the follow-up meetings that need to happen that are not a part of the stand-up. So this is Correct. not the time to go do all this troubleshooting that you're just talking about. Yes. Like, but you have to, as soon as humanly possible, after that, after that check-in, get time with Mickey and make sure that Mickey understands that, hey, this this has to get done this week. What do we need to do to, to move other things off your plate in order for that to yes. happen? I think that it's very challenging and tempting for most leaders to try to tackle all of that in in the in the stand-up. Because it it, it feels exactly. It feels like I, I got to address this now. I don't have time for another 30 minute meeting later today. Like, and so I think what, what you're saying, which is, is very wise is like, Hey, keep the, keep the stand up super sacred. It can't be more than this. It's really kind of this big FYI. Yes. And then be incredibly diligent about as soon as humanly possible, getting those follow-up meetings scheduled and on the calendar so that you don't lose time. Yep. And, and you know, that's why I, I like to block 15 minutes. Let's try to keep it to 10 to 12. And if I need a quick follow-up, I have that room and that schedule for that. The other, yeah. other thing you might say is if it's an individual person, but a lot of times it might be involved several people that something else we just identify in, the, in this check-in that something else has come up that's really, we're really off schedule and we got to, all right, so let's have 15, when can we have 15 to 30 minutes before lunch yeah. to get this addressed so that we know what we should be expecting at the end of the day and how we're going to be pivoting more. Like you you can't let things go unanswered like that. And and it gives you an opportunity to force yourself to have the conversation, but then you still have to push and have the conversation. And yeah. if you're not used to it, it's uncomfortable. Uh, and it's easy to avoid the things that are uncomfortable. We, it's, whether it's conflict, whatever it is that it, we, we, we avoid those things that are uncomfortable to us. That's just natural to do. But if you force yourself to have that time on the calendar, you're either going to waste everybody's time, but hopefully you have it and you're forcing yourself to have it and you push yourself. Because if you find you have the daily check-ins and things still aren't getting done, that's on you as the leader of that meeting to ensure that, you know, the, and, and if you're a participant in the meeting and a leader in the meeting, you're still not getting things done. And it's because other people aren't giving you things. Then your job on the daily check-in is to say, look, you know, I've got this due today. I also have to do what was due yesterday. I didn't get done, but I also didn't get the information I needed to get that done. That's yeah. where you kind of call that out to say, the, here's a routine problem we need to address. And if you if it waits to the weekly tactical for the next week, that's potentially fine. But that's where you start calling it out. This is a very tactical meeting. That's why they call it um, the weekly tactical or, or the, the daily stand-up because it is very much what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. I have an idea that I think I'm going to try this week in light of this conversation. We so we use HubSpot. That's kind of that's our the CRM that we use. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure you could do this in, in literally any CRM that our listeners use. But after after that the weekly tactical meeting, yes. I'm thinking like you you take five minutes. You have an email template already set up in your CRM. You go in and you write down, hey, these are the four things that we talked about or whatever it is. Four weekly goals for the team. Yep. And then you schedule an automated message to go out Wednesday at 11 a.m. or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, it's an automated message. It sends out, hey, it's Wednesday at 11 a.m., halfway-ish through the week. These were what we set out as the weekly you know, priorities. Yes, you've had maybe you've had stand-ups in between or not. But I feel like that automated email that looks different, right? It's branded. Mm -hmm. it, it's not like you know Zach following up or, or another team member following up. 
I, I wonder what that will do to help just like focus the team of like, oh, wow, yes, okay. Have I made any progress on my weekly objectives or not? So I'm going to try that this week and see how it goes. But, and I, I think that's a, a very good step to do. I mean, so I, and it also depends on how often do you meet with individuals with that as well, like your team members as individual staff folks. So I currently with, with my team meet, like most of us are meeting like one-to-one every other week. I've had yeah. some staff in the past when I've been on a enrollment team, kind of rebuilding a team, I might have some staff members I meet with for 30 minutes twice a week. Sometimes yeah. I may be 30 minutes a week and then eventually slow down, but it's it's to build those habits. The other thing I'll point out is you talk about the, the goals. So the third meeting type is the monthly strategic. And that's really the first one that really gets into to strategic thought. And that's where you point out, you know, today is uh, March 25th and we're getting ready to go into April. Here is, we're going to spend, and this is not a 30 minute meeting. This could be a 90 to 120 minute meeting. Figure This is what we're going to focus on. These are our goals. We want to do X amount of uh, subscriber growth in the coming month. This is what we know that we have coming out. Will this get us there or not? Do we need to add something to this mix? If so, do we add it, take something else out? Do we add it on top of? And how do we fit that in to get this done? And if we add it in, what do we need to be doing each week to get it done? And the other things. And that's your monthly strategic. And the fourth meeting, because you referenced this a moment ago, is, is the quarterly meeting. And that's where you're starting to plan out could be the full year at the end of the year, but it's also playing out. This is what we need to accomplish over the quarter. And then you'd have your monthly just talk about, okay, this is in order to hit the quarter, this is what we're going to do this month. And this is what we need to do each week to hit this month. And so those are the four meeting types. I know um, at Enrollify and DD that you have those quarterly meetings. You you, you are pretty good with your leadership meetings. You meet, I, I believe from our conversations, like you guys meet a lot. And that's, I think, really important and should be done. And then you, as, as individual unit leaders, you take back, your strategic efforts by month and by quarter that will then contribute to the overall com- company's um, success. Yep. But you take that back and then you have to deploy that. And then the weekly is to ensure you're doing what you need to do on a monthly basis. And then the daily is to ensure what you're doing on a weekly basis. My last my last comment on this before we before we wrap, Mickey, is... Is that you want to read the book? Well, yes, I want to read okay. the book. But I was, <laughs> I was having a conversation with a, a hired leader the other day and they were talking about how they've got, you know, teams coming back on campus and how, you know, people have obviously mixed feelings about that. And one of the things that they weren't noticing, which I think it was just a really interesting insight is now that a, a big argument for, for many folks has been like, Hey, we need to be on campus so we can be where, where if you're in a higher end marketing and, and, or even an admissions role, like there's a lot of creativity involved in like, there's a lot of like group collaboration involved in, in the, in the work that you're doing. And it's been harder to, be creative and to collaborate in remote contexts. And I, I, I totally see that. But what they were saying, what this individual was saying, which I thought was super insightful was there's this elevated pressure. Now that we're having people come back to campus, like our in-person meetings, people are like very critical. They're paying a lot. The, the question that they're asking themselves <laughs> as they leave the meeting is, could I have done this on Zoom? You know, and interesting, and, and and or was 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 it actually more valuable that I was in person for this for this chat, right? And I actually think that that's incredibly wise. I, I think a question we should all be asking ourselves too is like, how do we constantly just move the needle, even marginally, on getting better with meetings? It is it is so hard. It's both an art and a science. It takes time, but I think like when you when you've left a good meeting you feel really great. Like, and there are, there are like people that are incredible at leading meetings and I have mad respect for them, but there's nothing quite like 
leaving a meeting feeling like you got what you came for, you understand what you need to be focused on, you understand how this fits into the larger context of an organization's, uh, an organization's goals. And there's nothing quite like that, I think, that buys continual buy-in and trust from your team. Well, let's, I'm just going to circle right back to the book. That's why it's called Death by Meeting. <laughs> because I often they feel that way. You know, I, and, and when I was in higher ed, I had this feeling a lot about committees. You know, you have these mm. committees. What is it we are meeting to accomplish as a yeah. committee, as a committee for this year, and in this particular meeting, working towards what we need to do this year? I always felt that way, and, and I didn't hadn't even read the book at that point, but that I think that's important. So for, as, a, as, a, as a person leading the meeting, A, do you feel that way when you leave the meeting? kind of what you're just describing and B, are you sure that the participants of the meeting are leaving feeling the same way? Yeah. That that's, that's critical that you're not just thinking about what you're getting out of it. Think about what the participants are getting out of it. And, and if you, if, if nothing else, if you do none of this and you're like, Oh, I I think I'm going to try it. Do this step before you invite anybody to your next meeting, or if it's already scheduled before you even think about walking into it, what are two things you need to have accomplished? When you walk out of the meeting for yourself and for that team. And if it is for yourself, what's the relevance to the other people in the team so that everyone has a reason to be there? What is the relevance? Because you might find, yes, this meeting was required, but was it required for everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Is it just so that they can be in the loop or is it because they need to contribute? And it's sometimes helpful to have someone to be a part of a meeting so they can be in the loop. Some people want to be that way, but that you know depends on what you had to do to your day. To get the meetings. And as we were talking earlier about how are you spending your time, you know, you might be spending two and a half hours in meetings that you shouldn't be a part of. Sometimes we can control it. Sometimes we can't. And if you can't control it, the least you could do is also potentially go to the leader of that meeting and say, look, you've asked in these meetings every week, every month, I'm not able to contribute. What can I contribute to make this more helpful? Or is it better that I just don't need to attend, that we yeah. agree I don't need to attend, and I will make the commitment to read the meeting minutes, to listen in at some point, whatever. Or maybe I just need to come to one of every other meeting and, and have that conversation. And, and hopefully that will give you the leeway you need to not attend if it's what's killing your day. But you should ask that self your question. Is this a meeting we could have had on Zoom? Is this a meeting we could have had in Slack or in uh, email? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of them could be. <laughs> or uh, Loom. Loom. Loom is Loom is a game changer. Have, if you Loom. don't use Loom already, use Loom. Loom lets you record your screen, your, your little faces on there as well. You can walk your team through like a five, six, you know, uh, slide PowerPoint with it's, it's a really, really easy way to download context in a more visual format than email. So anyways, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of using Loom to try to save on, you know, save, save on some meetings. It's certainly not a replacement for, for most. I love these conversations. Hopefully this was helpful to everyone listening. You find some little nugget in there. You know, I, I, I you know, I spend in the, pandemic and post-pandemic world, I, I average eight to 11 calls a day, every day, you know, and sometimes you have to start figuring out. And there are many times during the day, I've got dual two to three meetings overlapping and you've got to pick which one's most important. The only way to stay through that for me is to know what I'm trying to accomplish this week. What is it I need the team? Because I can't spend that much time with them that I want to. What is it I, I need to know what I need them to accomplish and how do I share that? Now, I don't have daily standups every day. It's not necessarily required, but I have the right meetings with the right people so that that information is getting distilled. And you've got the right people managing projects to know what needs to be done. And I might have a, a daily or weekly meeting with them to be sure that those projects are 
and pace. But th that's the, I think that's the key. This this book gives us the types of meetings. You need to figure out which is the right ones and when to apply them so that you get those things accomplished. Yeah, and I uh, just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor, Patrick Lencioni, for today's <laughs> yes. episode. Yes, we'll, we'll have to tag him on all the social channels that yeah, get this yeah, published. Uh, to thank him for that. So, All right, sir. Thank you for your time. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Hey friends, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.